Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Welcome in to another edition of This Week in UNC Baseball with head coach Scott Forbes. I'm Tommy Ashley. That's Matt Clements and, of course, the man in the middle, head coach Forbes, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Coach Forbes, you had a, a weekend of not playing games. And, yeah. I, and I, I parsed my words there. I did not say an off weekend. You corrected me last week about that. <laughs> so so what does a head coach of a major baseball program do on a weekend of not playing games? Man, uh, you got as I preach to our guys, use your time wisely. Um, we're in the middle of our season, so even though we didn't play, there's still a lot of things going on. Um, you got to plan for post exams. Uh, you know, we take a lot of pride in planning our practices, you know, to the minute. Uh, so we did practice Saturday and we did practice Sunday. We wanted those to be productive and, uh, you know, beneficial for our guys to get them ready for the week. And it's been a really busy week recruiting um, between seeing the kids that are coming in, um, having conversations about next year's team, planning ahead. Uh, just a lot of balls you have to juggle uh, because you're always planning for that next team and that next season. You know, summer school's around the corner for the next incoming class. Uh, so it was something every day. Um, fortunately, we all were at least able to get home in time for the most part and eat dinner as a family, things like that. So that was the plus. Uh, but we've been all beating it pretty good, beating the bushes, especially with recruiting. Let me ask you, that brings me, brings up a question that I know that, say, Mac Brown has conversations with players at certain points during the season. And given the transfer portal and the in and out of players these days, he had, he, he frequently talks about having honest conversations with his guys um, so that they can plan for their futures as well. Does that happen in baseball when you've got 35, 40 guys on your roster? Um, when you're talking about planning for the next season? Absolutely. Um, that's part of, uh, you know, part of our culture is being honest. Uh, it may not be exactly what you want to hear as a player, but we feel like that's how I was as a player. I wanted the coaches to be honest with me. Um, thankfully, they were. It helped me be a better player. But you have to have those honest conversations. Some of them are good. Some of them not so good, but it is part of the job. And you know, we, we've talked about that. Some guys, uh, you know, need to go ahead and get going and get ready for summer ball. Um, and, you know, some players um, may decide that it, it is best for their career to enter the transfer portal. Um, and those conversations, you know, they are what they are. Well, Coach Forbes, like looking back, uh, obviously the Diamond Heels had two games last week with Campbell and ECU and, and had some one-run close games. Can you talk about what you saw from Beauvert against ECU and then sort of what you saw from Paget and Peterson 
well, they weren't as, as effective against the Campbells. I mean, the, the Camels. Yeah, you know, um, playing the doubleheader on Saturday, I knew we'd be pretty thin on Tuesday against Campbell. I knew that our pitching set up better going into exams on Wednesday. Uh, we really didn't want to, to use Poston or AC against Campbell. We kind of had to. Uh, we were hoping Cam could give us a little more length. Um, I thought Ben was good. Again, Ben had thrown 51 on Saturday. So in a perfect world, Ben Peterson, Ben Peterson, AC, and Poston maybe throw 15 pitches apiece. The world's not perfect when you play a good team like Campbell, but our guys still gave us a chance to win. Um, we did give up that run, but then we got out of the bases loaded jam and we had first and second. And unfortunately, we grinded into a double play. Um, and then to go to East Carolina and for it to go, you know, pretty much as we scripted, rarely does it do that. You know, we thought, okay, we'll go Beauvair on a – we don't want to kill him because he's on four days rest. Go Pence, maybe two, maybe three, and then Carlson to finish. And they did a great job. Uh, you know, it's hard to win there, and we found a way to win that one-run game. And I'd emailed the guys after we lost to Campbell. I said, look, man, you guys – you're a great group. We're going to find a way to win these close games. And sure enough, they did at East Carolina. So that's a good taste going, you know, to leaving our mouths going into exams. Um, but I thought our guys, even, even against Campbell, I thought we pitched pretty well for the most part. We just had some guys pitching off fumes. I mean, also looking at the upcoming schedule, the Diamond Hills have, you know, everything that they need to determine their future with this, with, you know, looking at the midweek games, and then seeing State and Clemson, who are both ahead of North Carolina and the RPI currently, and North Carolina's in good shape. Can you talk about you know, the, the upcoming schedule and, and what you expect to see from your team? And how Well, you're what I learned from the RPIs is not the end-all, end be-all. In 2016 and 2015, one of the years, our RPI was in the top 15 or top. And we, did, we got left out. Um, so what you do in the league is very, very important. How you finish in your last 10 is very important. Um, and our guys know, everybody knows across the country. Um, there are really two teams that have separated themselves in Wake Forest and LSU. And everybody else, you know, Arkansas's got a pretty good gap in, in the SEC, but everybody else, they have to play to the finish. You can literally go from not making the tournament to possibly hosting a regional, to being a, a top 16, to being a top eight. So there's so much for everybody to play for. So there's not much you have to say at this point of the season to your players. They know it. Um, we just, you know, we want to continue to do what we do in practice. And uh, the exam break came at a good time for us because we're pretty banged up. Uh, some guys needed the rest. Some guys needed to uh, to take a little bit of time off to try to heal up and be ready for this stretch run. How important is that healing, obviously physically, but mentally as well? I mean, you guys are – 40 some games into your season that's a grind how much yeah. is that mental aspect of it good for these guys to have that break yeah it's good for them um you know especially with all the double headers it's been a little bit even more of a grind i think we've had five of them if i'm correct all of them in the league uh and, and then we played a really good midweek schedule you know we didn't shy away from adding that ecu game uh you know when we were right in the middle of it i'm like man we win those two games at Virginia Tech. It probably would have been good for this group to have a whole week off because guys are playing through some some nicks and some bruises. But our guys sucked it up and played pretty well both those games. But it's it's important. Exam break for me basically comes at a good or bad time. 
you know, 2013, we were rolling so much. I didn't really want to have it. And we came out and we struggled a little bit. Um, we were so hot at the time. You know, I think this one was good just from the player health standpoint. In, in some years, you you know, you don't battle that. This year we've had to battle it. It gives Alvarez a little more time. You know, he was able to play some defense yesterday, still not swinging the bat. But we've had some everyday position players, uh, three or four of them that have played uh, when a lot of kids wouldn't be playing, and that's a credit to them. How much do you pay attention to what's going on around the country? I know you always say you focus on your team, but you see South Carolina get swept by Kentucky. You see um, other teams up and down, like you mentioned about the tournament earlier. I mean, when you have an opportunity to to not watch your team play, how much are you paying attention or, or at least looking at that, those other games and those other contests? I mean, when I, when I can, I'm a baseball junkie. I mean, I love watching big league games. Um, you know, on our downstairs TV at the house, there's going to be a baseball game on 99% of the time. I tried to watch some of my state Notre Dame because we're going to play NC State coming up. Flip it around, you know, watching Clemson, they're playing well, watching our league, watching SEC. So I pay attention to it for sure. And it's just amazing to me in all my years. I was telling somebody now the transfer portal, now with the way college baseball is, I really feel like you're going to see some things that you've never seen. You're going to see some teams that may win 20 games in one year and win 45 the next year uh, just because of being able to transition the roster and maybe hit the jackpot potentially on some transfers. Um, you know, so those teams, what's amazing to me are the teams that, that are consistently always in the mix, and that's what you're hoping. You know, you're hoping that you can consistently always be in that mix and not fluctuate too much, you know, and have those seasons where you only win 15 to 20 games. But it's with the draft and the transfer portal, I think you're going to see it more often. You know, when you talk about the pros, I mean, Michael Bush got his chance to uh, to get called up to a stacked team with the Dodgers. If you had a chance to catch up with him, I saw Coach Fox had the opportunity to go see his debut and 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 go out with his family. So it's got to be an exciting time to see Diamond Heels getting a chance to make it to the big leagues. A hundred percent, Michael Bush. I mean, just a special kid too. Like I, you know, I really felt like once he got called up, he was going to be one of those kids that they don't want to send back down. He's going to make your, he's going to make everybody around him better. Um, he's just a special guy. He's talented. He got a big hit last night to, to have to help him get the lead against San Diego. Um, you know, and just, I, you know, the, the background I know of Michael Bush, a lot of people don't know him 232 as a freshman making the last out against Davidson, you know, being really upset about that last out, having tears running down his eyes and, you know, to get us back to Omaha in 18, almost back again in 19 and leave his mark on the program. Uh, you know, the Michael Bushes, that's why we're able to to be coaching where we are because the great players make the, make the great coaches for sure. It's something that I always was interested in is how well do the Diamond Heels eat and how much do y'all spend in your budget as far as keeping them fed? Because it seems like all the time, you know, you look around there, you know, they've got, they've got food at the Bosch and, you know, I hear about that. Yeah. Where y'all yeah, eat well, on the road trips. Well, a lot of people think, Matt, that, you know, we just have all this money because we're in UNC baseball. Um, <laughs> I won't get into that, uh, uh, any of that, but I do know that we work our tails off to, to help our guys and to raise money. That's why we have the Diamond Heels. Um, and so many people give so generously. And that's a big part of what we spend out of that Diamond Heels is feeding our players 
um, and taking care of their nutritional needs. You know, we have pregame meals, uh, smoothies before games, um, supplements that Terry Joe uses like Cherry Bundy, uh, some protein supplements to help guys heal quicker. So it's a big part of it. Um, you know, and we fight that battle where some programs, they don't have to go out and raise that money. Uh, but we do, and we're glad to do it because, you know, we're, we're, we've been a top 10 program. We want to remain that. But that's a big part of, of being able to sustain such a long season, you know, having a good routine, paying attention to what we're eating. And we do that. You know, it's not like we just throw out 20 pizzas after every game and a bunch of Cokes like we used to when we were younger. Uh, you know, we try to help these guys repair and recover a little bit better. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, protein shakes and all that. It was a banana uh, and some orange slices or something <laughs> back in the day. Snicker and a Coke or something. <laughs> yeah, really? And, uh, yeah, I, I, it's giving me flashbacks. <laughs> when you look at the money spent on programs, um, obviously you've got a, a new area there, new weight room and all that. Max Carlson was on that video I saw on YouTube. I mean, I was like, who is this guy talking? He doesn't talk like that to us. He's more, <laughs> much more laid back. <laughs> Just sort of speak to the facilities there you've got. Um, obviously a big upgrade over um, in many years ago, but in recent years, they seem to get better and better. And that's due to folks, like you mentioned, uh, supporting the program. Yeah, we're so lucky at UNC. Obviously, um, you know, Mr. Bryson, with the field being named after him and him being so generous to kick that off, uh, and still, you know, his generosity is is huge for us, but so are so many others. Um, and our weight room, you know, we wanted to upgrade it. That's a big part of, uh, of development. Um, to me, it's probably about the biggest part. You know, the guys that shy away from that weight room, they're never going to be any good. You got to want to be in there and you go, you have to want to get stronger and want to get faster and want to get bigger and quicker and all that stuff. Um, and I feel like we've done a, lot, a really good job of raising the money to continue to keep our facility upgraded where everything is top notch and remain top notch, not just for us, but also for our fans. You know, we want them to have a great experience as well, but our players underneath um, and we're constantly trying to improve and upgrade. The one thing that we don't have uh, that we're up against and a lot of schools have already built is a pitching center. Um, so that's something that, you know, if we can get that done, uh, I feel like Boshamer Stadium for the most part will be complete. And then it's just maintaining it and upgrading it and keeping, you know, the state of the art video systems and track man and all that stuff. Uh, but that's constantly what we're trying to do. And we take a lot of pride that and we have a lot of people that support us to do that. I'm going to steal a question from Matt off your uh, thing, Matt, because it works right here. It, facilities are one thing, brick and mortar, machines, all that kind of stuff. What about the people behind the scenes? Hmm. Not your coaching staff directly, not you, your four guys, but everybody else, student managers, people that are doing it just for free, people that are doing it for experience. Can you speak to what all those folks, A, what all do they do, B, how important they are? Well, number one, I mean, ultra important. Um, you know, Dean Smith talked about it all the time, and he did a great job of it. Coach Fox did a great job of it, and I believe we do a great job of it, making them understand that they are part of our team. Our managers, they're here every day working their tails off. Our bullpen catcher catching a million bullpens. Terry Joe, our trainer, and her two assistants, Tierra and Leah, working their tails off every single day to keep our guys healthy and to get them on the field. You know, Dr. Sioka, Dr. Creighton, 
all of our administrators, you know, from not just Bubba, but Coach Gallo, Michael Beal, and all the other support, you know, Katrina, John Bruner. I, I could just name over and over and over. You know, you got Joan Holt, who's been with us forever, um, that keeps us all straight up here in the offices. Uh, you know, Dave Arendis and uh, Director of Operations, Carter Hicks, now Director of Player and Program Development. But there's so many other people, too, just, you know, people that come in and, and work on our stadium. You know, if we have a plumbing issue, if we have a lighting issue, and they all care. Um, and that's that's the Carolina way. That's really cool to be a part of. Um, and I do feel like at baseball, they also want to be down here. You know, they feel like they're appreciated, and, and we hope that they feel that way. And they want us to have success uh, because they care. And, man, when you have that, it's powerful. You have everybody pulling in the same direction. Uh, but there are so many people um, that do so much for our program that people just don't see, but we see every single day. And, 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 you know, they know, they know how important they are for sure. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to elaborate a little on the student manager position. What type of responsibilities and duties do they have? Like the Manny Portugals, your Grayson guy, your Hunt Bailey, your Eli self, yeah. like what, you know, what are, what is, what are their days like? And, you know, what do they help provide to the diamond deals? Man, you know, they're, they're, they're awesome. What's really neat, if you look back, a lot of our managers now have great jobs in baseball, as well as our analytics folks. Um, but they want to be out here. You know, they're out here catching catching up at first base, you know, catching me up, fungos, feeding the machine when they when they need to. Manny's in charge of all of our video and tagging. He already has, has a job lined up with USA Baseball, which I'm really excited for him about. Um, you know, he's going to have to start it early, but that's just part of it. And then different guys transition, you know, the Manny's our senior manager. So then Hunter Eli will transition into being able to do the video system, the bats, um, which is a video system. So as soon as the game's over, um, I can go in and watch, you know, five different camera angles of what I want to see or what Coach Gaines, Coach Weirs, Coach Howell want to see. Um, but they helped Daniel Wilkerson. Um, you know, Daniel uh, took Tyler's job. Mm -hmm. And he's been phenomenal, uh, but they help him do everything. I mean, heck, it can be a glove popping in the middle of the game and you got to relace that bad boy to, you know, showing the other team where they need to go to take their showers, to scuffing up balls, to, uh, you know, doing anything and everything. And the neat thing about it is they become just like our players. You know, I watch them interact with our players and, our players are actually playing, but I think off the field, they're all hanging out and just becoming, they're part of the team, just like, just like Vance Honeycutt is or Matt Horvath. Sure. What do you, what do you expect to, to use for your pitching rotation as far as who you're going to throw on Tuesday? And then, you know, who are you going to use against NC state? I mean, personally, you know, there's nothing that gets me riled up as, as, as excited as seeing, you know, a North Carolina, North Carolina state matchup. So you think that's going to be a big series? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, you know, Knapp is the one guy that stood out to us that hasn't been in a game situation since Virginia Tech, so we've got to get him on the mound. So he's going to start the game tomorrow on a limited pitch count. You know, if not, it's going to be, have been way too long. Then we got to get guys out there tomorrow just to knock the rust off. You know, Poston, AC, Pence, maybe even Carlson. Padgett might need to throw an inning. Um and then we'll go Bovair on Friday. Uh, Nap will go game two and we'll TBA game three. Uh, obviously, without Carlson being in the rotation, uh, we just feel like going Carlson and Nap is best for us, like we did in 2000 and 
2011 and 2018. And then we'll adjust from there because we do have three guys that if they're not used, can all be really good starters in Carlson, AC and Pence. Uh, but we want to make sure at this time of year when our games are shrunk and guys are more well rested, we can manage our bullpen a little bit earlier and literally just concentrate on one game at a time with Bo Bear uh, on Thursday against NC State and go from there. But Nap will start against Gardner-Webb on a pitch count, and you'll see a lot of other guys on the staff day. Coach Forbes, last question before we let you get out of here. I know you got a busy week coming up, another four-game week, another short well, Thursday weekend series, which are always fun. But that East Carolina game, several weeks ago, you and I talked after a game. I said, eventually you're going to have to win those games 3-2. And you win 2-1 at East Carolina um, with Bovair, Pence, and Carlson going in. And you mentioned going according to script. How many times in your career can you remember a game going exactly according to script? Not many. Um, you know, obviously, if you have a lockdown Friday guy, it helps. You know, when, when you Alex White's out there, Austin Love's out there, Andrew Miller's out there, you, your chances are pretty good to get six out of them, Ken Emanuel. Um, but you also got to know your staff, and this staff reminds me a lot of the 2018 staff. You know, Bovair reminds me of Cooper Criswell. They're not going to strike out, you know, 15 guys, but they're going to be in the zone. They're going to give you a chance to win. Uh, but I think the thing that stood out for me at East Carolina was, you know, Bo Bear started all years. What we expected out of him was Dalton being able to bounce back at East Carolina after struggling early and blowing the lead and pitching well. And then Carlson in that role, you know, coming in as the last guy. I mean, that was our plan. Like it was Carlson's game uh, from the seventh inning on and to finish it uh, and to finish it with not much traffic is a good is a good thing if we're going to use him in that role at times um now could he still start absolutely but you're right at the end of the day can't hit your way to omaha it's, it's just you're not going to win 15 to 13 usually because somebody else on the mound is going to match you and tommy you know i'm sure you paid attention knock on wood we've really trended up big time defensively mm -hmm. uh, so if we're continuing to limit those walks and get good pitching i think we're going to be in every game yeah, and that's really all you can ask for, right? Have a chance. Have yeah. a chance in the ninth, whether it's the top or the bottom of the ninth. And, and your guys have genuinely been there. Um, yeah. Maybe one or two games you have not. That's head coach Scott Forbes. That's Matt Clements. It's been this week in UNC baseball, Carolina Gardner-Webb Tuesday night in Bosch. And a team from West Raleigh comes to <laughs> Bosch this weekend in a series that might be a little important for everybody all around. I'm sure everybody. It always to is, you know. I mean, I've never. <laughs> I. It doesn't matter what year it's been here, you know. Heck, one year. I, I, this is a. This was not a great memory, but it's still NC State. Both of us were playing to stay out of the playing game in the ACC tournament. I think it was maybe 2014, and that was the year after we met in Omaha in 13. So every time we play NC State, it's important. But it starts with Gardner Webb. Um, hopefully, we'll pack it, and we need our fans to be cheering hard like crazy for our guys that's for sure now i gotta have one last question can you tell us being in it in omaha against nc state specifically the second game that sent the wolfpack home just what was that like 
being way out in Omaha, playing NC State in a game that big several well, years ago. Well, first of all, I mean, you saw how we had to get to Omaha. We beat Florida Atlantic in that epic game. We were about to not make it. And then the same thing in South Carolina. And then to know that we're facing NC State, the first game out there, and that we have seven left-handed hitters and facing Dagum Rodon was not a great feeling, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, you know, and he sure enough, boy, he was on that game, and they beat us like a drum. But then we had got a second crack at them. We felt like uh, they were going to go back with Rodon off three days rest. And we were throwing old Hobbs Johnson. And Hobbs had really had uh, NC State's number. State had hit Ken Emanuel a little bit, but Hobbs, he just, they had trouble with him. And sure enough, he went out there and he threw all fastballs. He didn't throw an off-speed pitch. That's the thing I remember most about that game as a pitching coach is we threw – I think two pitcher hot pitchers, Hobbs and Chris McHugh, and we threw one off-speed pitch the entire game, and it was a cross-up because Chris McHugh thought it was supposed to be a changeable. It was really supposed to be a fastball, but, you know, that's an epic battle out there, and, and for us to come through it with a great team was, was a lot of fun. Yep, similar to Final Four games against Duke. I mean, that's as big as it gets for the programs. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting in Boshheimer this week and this weekend. We know you'll be there, Scott. Uh, oh, yeah. Hope, hope to see you all the way through them. Um, it can get rowdy, and it can get feisty in those games, but it's always fun to watch. Appreciate your time, my friend. All right, thanks a ton. Y'all have a great, great day. See you this week. Sounds good. Yep. Thank you. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.